welcome to Sports Hello. and Season 2, Episode 6. Co-hosts here, Andy and Dan. Andy, how are you doing? I am good. How about yourself? Good. Welcome to the new year here. It's, uh, it's January 2nd, a Saturday night here as we're recording uh, this. Uh, how was your New Year's? Uh, new Year's was good. Um, had some folks over. Um, they, they woke me and the other husbands up at about 1130 uh, off the couches where we fell asleep watching TV and the wives were playing games. They woke us up, did the whole new year thing at midnight. Everybody was gone by 1215, about 1230. Oh, perfect. I, that was good. Christmas was good. Good holidays. About yourself? Everything go okay? It went well. It was good. Good holidays. Uh, we had folks over here, so it was a good time. We've got, uh, we've got college football to cover. We've got NFL to cover final week here week 17 is on sunday all yeah. the games no monday that game no saturday it's a full slate of games and then the playoffs will kick in which should lead me to did my you fantasy football this year i did not i i, I was fourth in one league and won the other one i did not so play any fantasy victory parade to the house but um i think uh some of the teams are changing the names. In fact, I went this year. One of my Christmas gifts was the Washington football team cap. Yes. The collectors, Andy, because it used to be the Washington Redskins. Now, for this year, this year only, yep. it's the Washington football team. Now, next year, have they decided on what their right. nickname will be? You know, I, I have not heard anything. I don't know if they're leaving it up to the fans, like when a new team comes into town. I always thought they could have kept their little R logo they had for the Redskins. Maybe just change their name to the Washington Republicans or something like that and keep that R logo. That would have been kind of okay. neat. But, you know, because they could have done that or something red or something R related, you know, revolutionaries or something. I don't know. But uh, I think they'll leave it up to the fans. But here they want, whatever the name is, they want to keep that color scheme. Same color scheme. Okay. The, so I think they'll announce that yeah. uh, the new team nickname and then uh, have the logo and everything come out for. The 2021 season, but uh, this might be the only season you'll see this Washington Football League uh, team cap here, uh, the official sideline cap for the Redskins, uh, Washington team this year. Sorry. Hey, uh, Andy, should I start off with the trivia question? Hit us with it. Trivia question this week is, it was 50 years ago this year that the NFL uh, – began using a wildcard team or teams in the postseason. 50 years they've been doing this wildcard. The question is, and this year actually they're going to a three-team format. There used to be two teams, and uh, 12, I think 17 years ago, they went to a, a two-team wildcard. Uh, but before that, there was actually three. Now they're going this year to a three-team format. So three teams in each conference will be elected go as a wild card team but they've been doing this for 50 years the wild card in the nfl the, and the question is which is the only name the only year that there wasn't a wild card team in the nfl postseason in that 50 year span one year i thought you were gonna say well what years did a wild card win a super bowl i know that's happened quite a bit but wow the, Pack so in fact, the packers were a wild card team and won the super bowl uh but here, the, the question is, is only one. There's just one year. What year did they not have a wild card team at all in the postseason? No wild cards. 
going back in that 50-year wow. range they've been going on. So uh, there's only one year that that didn't happen. We'll give the answer to that here later on in the episode. All right. So, so Andy, get, go with the, the amateur. Oh, go ahead with your, uh, with your sports. All right. Let's start with the Olympics. As you know, there was no Olympics in 2020. They postponed 2021. Um, it also turns out that, uh, if you recall your Olympic history, the Soviets got banned and tagged for a bunch of stuff last time. So the Olympic Committee has come down with their ruling. The Russia has been banned from using its name, flag, and anthem for the next two Olympics. Russian athletes will be allowed to compete at next year's Tokyo Olympics and the 2022 Games if they're not implicated in doping or covering up for positive tests. Uh, Russia was banned Thursday from using its name, flag, and anthem for the next two Olympics and in the World Championships for the next two years. If you recall in the past few Olympics, they haven't had a Russian flag. They've used the Olympic flag for times when they've won medals. The Olympic flag has flown for them. Um, so Russia not playing nice with the others there. So the sea level falls out. Um, again, we got till this summer to find out what's going on at the Olympics here and the next ones, how that pans out. That's, of course, barring the fact they don't find more doping stuff on the Russians in the World Games and everything else. Um, getting back to local stuff here, Minnesota High School League winter sports. Um, came out on December 16th that the league will open in-person winter sports practice January 4th. Uh, there's one exception to that. I know dance teams have been able to practice, but they've been doing it virtually, like on Zoom meetings. Each girl will be in their own house doing their practice and their routines. Very hard to practice that dance, but dance is one of the few sports I think they can get away with that. You can't practice basketball online. You can't practice, you know, wrestling online. All you do is tell you just to work out and stay in shape. Dance, they've been going over their choreography, so they have been able to do that. So that mean the one exception there. But uh, like we've referred to before here on the show, um, mind fear, Tim Walls, the Minnesota governor, uh, said teams can start practicing on January 4th. 13 days ago, the league, this is as of the 16th of December. I said 13 days ago, the league board directors approved the flexible scheduling, modeling, uh, return to participation. Uh, they gave days stuff's going to go. Uh, fourth, gymnastics, girls and boys, boys swimming and dive, alpine scene, maybe again in practice, in-person practices. Dance can resume them. Adopted floor hockey may begin its training season. We will recognize that our students, coaches, families, and auxiliaries may return to activities and athletics. They said um, they've redone the dates. Um, they were saying in there all athletes had to wear masks, which kind of confused me. I know from being a, a dance dad in the past, that once a dance dad, always a dance dad. A lot of things were dance was the face their smiles and everything was part of the bit so if the girls were in masks you've just taken away half their points right there don't know how they're going to do that um they have come out later and said oh i guess in wrestling you can't wear you don't have to wear a mask either which i don't think they should anyway another story for another day I mean, that's one with the most contact i think anyway so masking can help you you know um nordic skiing the outdoor sports they probably wear a scarf anyway, so what difference is that going to make? You're not going to wear a mask and swimming and diving, I hope. So, you know, we'll see how some of these all pan out later. Um, 
you know, with football, they had their stuff. The moms got upset in football. Don't don't upset hockey mom. <laughs> these hockey moms are gonna come out. These other athletes, the parents are gonna come out. I'm sure there'll be more changes made. We'll just have to wait and see on that. Um, as for college sports, they're all starting up again here after the holidays. Uh, we'll start with the Big Ten. Uh, the Gopher women start with games on the fourth and fifth. They'll be playing. Um, they'll start going there every other weekend. Uh, Gopher men's hockey is returning, ranked number one right now for the Gopher men in hockey, and they'll be starting up here uh, today. They got this is not a typo. Minnesota Gopher men are playing Arizona State at Mariucci today and tomorrow. Um, then they go uh, to Wisconsin, then home against Notre Dame, and then they are home against Arizona State again. So uh, a lot of those games coming up every other weekend, Sunday, Monday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday, Saturday, Thursday, Saturday. So it's not your typical Thursday, Saturday like it always was before. Just keep it on your calendar. Keep it on uh, our Facebook page. We'll always update when there's games coming up then. Uh, other hockey, Bemidji State, the women have started again. They started this weekend against Ohio State. Um, they lost yesterday 4-1, to one, and they were playing games in progress, so I couldn't tell you. Don't want to spoil it for you. Um, then they continue next week with Minnesota State. And then the boys are uh, going also for Bemidji State. Just like what they said before, though, as the girls are at Ohio State, the boys' Ohio State team is here for Bemidji. So that's how they're playing that. They're kind of – the girls will go. It used to be the boys and girls will both go to Ohio State to play, or they'd both go to Mankato. They're splitting it now to avoid everybody being together, doubleheader games and stuff like that. So – Watch your schedules for your local teams there. Uh, women's hockey for rankings. Uh, Wisconsin is one. Gophers are second. Ohio State three. Northwest or Northeastern, I'm sorry, and Colgate, the women's rankings. That's as of December 22nd. Um, there weren't many games after that, so I'm pretty sure the polls haven't changed. Um, get back to Bemidji State with the men's hockey. Anchorage, Alaska, and Alaska Fairbanks have opted out of the 2021 season. Um, I know we said before that financial issues coming in with all the closings. I'm guessing they're up in Alaska, the flights down and everything else is the finances from right there. Those two schools have opted out for the season. So I don't know how makeup games are going to go in there, if they're going to move games up to shorten the season, give them those off weeks, play non-conference games. I'm not, not sure how that's going to work out. Again, just follow your favorite WCHA team's schedule there for that. Uh, men's top – Schools for the rankings, this is as of December 28th. Like we said, Gophers number one, Boston College two, North Dakota three, Duluth fourth, and Minnesota State, Mankato is fifth, St. Cloud State sixth, and University of Wisconsin at 15. Uh, college men's basketball, a lot of games being played this weekend. Um, I know the Duke-Florida State game got postponed because of COVID-19 stuff. Originally, it was be Coach K wasn't going to make the trip. And then some players on Florida came up with the the, uh, the, the COVID. Um, so those games were all postponed. No word yet on a makeup date for that. I think they're going to probably wait for a lot of these, see what happens if they need it. Because it's conference play now. So do the games need to be made up for conference standings? What's going to happen? But we'll see. Uh, but the top, as of December 27th, rankings for men's basketball, NCAA. Gonzaga first. Who, if uh, – for those of you who get ESPN2, Gonzaga plays tonight at 7. Them being a Washington-based team, we don't get to see them a lot in prime time. 
you get a chance to see the squad play, watch them. Very fun team to watch. Uh, Gonzaga 1, Baylor 2, Kansas 3, Villanova 4, Houston 5. Big 10 teams in there. Wisconsin at 6, Iowa 10. Iowa won a very close game against Rutgers today. Very good game. Iowa was 10th, Illinois 15. Uh, Rutgers 14, Illinois 15. Michigan 16. Michigan State 17. And Gophers were tied at 21st. Um, that was until yesterday. Um, unless the Gophers come back, they might lose. They might drop out of the top 25 again. Still a good school. Still good fun to watch. Like I said uh, earlier, the Duke-Florida State game has been postponed due to COVID reasons. Um, that surfaced Friday at FSU's facilities. Uh, the ACC has yet to decide if there would be a makeup game on it, so we'll see how that goes. Um, Florida State, the postponement also puts in question Florida State's game against January 6th and Syracuse. There's no lockup there yet. And I know Duke, I think, is going to Tennessee after that, so we don't know how those games are going to play out. Again, keep your eye on our Facebook page for updates on that. Um, no, I'm not a big Duke fan, but I don't want to see them get sick or hurt or anything bad happen to them personally, you know. I mean, if they got a flat tire on their bus and missed the game, I'd laugh hysterically. This, this is health. This is serious. I don't want to see them get sick, you know. So I like to see those games made up. I don't want to see – I don't want to hear excuses like we had for college football in the playoffs. So I hope they can make up these basketball games. Women's basketball, standings, uh, Stanford one. Louisville 2, North Carolina State 3, UConn 4, South Carolina 5. Uh, Big Ten representatives, you got Maryland at 14, Northwestern 15, Michigan 16, Ohio State 17, Indiana 20, and Michigan State 25. So lots of Big Ten teams there also. Um, you got anything on women's basketball about UConn, Dan? Yeah, I've got uh, a little stat. I've been following UConn. If you follow our Facebook page, the UConn women's basketball is a good team to follow. They're ranked fourth in the nation. Their uh, starting guard uh, is Paige Becker's the Hopkins standout. And they've got six games played so far. And they've won the ball. One, two, three, four. They've, they're 6-0. and oh, And Paige Becker's has been the leading scorer in four of those games. Now, of the two games that she wasn't the leading scorer, right? she's a true freshman. And so she's led yep. the team in assists on the two games that she wasn't the leading scorer uh, on the team. So she's putting up some huge points of uh, three-pointers as well and uh, getting a lot of minutes to play. True freshman, not even a red shirt. She's actually starting, and I think she's probably leading the team in points as well. So because they're four, uh, six and oh, this week, now Thursday night on ESPN, they're going to be on the ESPN game against Baylor. Baylor's ranked seventh, UConn's ranked fourth. That'd be a game I recommend watching 7.30 Central time uh, this Thursday. And the final thing to mention there for UConn, Fox Sports is going to jump into the women's bas college basketball uh, arena. Uh, Fox Sports is, typically has never done uh, basketball, women's basketball. They've said they've made an announcement on January 31st. The game they're going to be doing on Fox, the first ever game, is the UConn game at DePaul. It'll be broadcast on Fox. Uh, first ever college Division I basketball game broadcast on Fox Sports. And so you get to see 
your uh, the players right there. But it is it's interesting to watch the uh, Paige, Paige Beckers and and the team. They're very good, undefeated, and their points so far are the overwhelming victories, even against uh, the uh, the one ranked team they played so far. So that's all I've got for women's college basketball. All right, we go back into the, the smaller schools here. Bemidji State's men's team has started up again uh, against uh, Bemidji State's playing Mankato. And the women are playing Mankato again, like I said. One team, like the men are at Mankato. Mankato's girls are up at Bemidji State playing. Uh, again, empty arenas there, but you can watch them on the uh, NSIC network. Um, I have, if you have a Roku box, you can get the app for NSIC. It's a free app. You can watch the games there. I watch all your football games for Bemidji State, basketball, hockey. If you have smaller schools like that, great. If you got Roku, good app to get. Or get it on your computer and watch, fine. I did see on the Gophers website, they do have a 2021 Minnesota women's volleyball schedule is up. Um, I tried to look at rankings. Some other schools besides the Big Ten have started their volleyball season already. So there wasn't any Big Ten teams in the rankings yet. Kind of like football, Big Ten was a little late to the dance. Let's get a couple weeks into it. Um, we have to go for a start on January 23rd. So maybe by February, we'll start seeing some Big Ten teams ranked in there. But also women's volleyball get kicked off again. Um, yeah, because so here is the ranking for 17th for women's volleyball. Texas 1, Kentucky 2, Baylor 3, Notre Dame 4, Louisville 5. So just an eye on those. Or keep it here for those names. Uh, Gophers probably handle them. Now, baseball. Happy news, baseball. Saturday, March 27th, New York Mets have their first spring training game against the Florida Marlins. Twins have theirs against the Tampa Bay Rays. Life is good. Life is good. April 1st, no joke, April 1st, that's when the season starts. Mets open up at the Washington Nationals. And the Twins season opens up at the Milwaukee Brewers. Because um, of the odd teams in the league, there's always, every week, every day, there's an American League playing a National League team. So we start out playing a National League team right away with Brewers. So Twins will start off right away at Milwaukee. And with Detroit, the eighth is our is the home opener against the Mariners to be in town. And so day for that. Um, and don't forget, like we said, April 14th, NASCAR starts to April 14th uh, is when the earliest pitchers and catchers are reporting. I'm sorry, not April, February, February 14th. So just six weeks away, all the fun begins. Speaking of baseball, Australian Baseball League has started up. Um, on the 31st, uh, they had a few teams had to back out because of travel restrictions in Australia and New Zealand because of COVID. Uh, some other teams with COVID issues down there. So they're kind of on the on the fly, changing their schedule for Australian baseball. But then notice after two weeks, leading the league in RBIs is uh, some, some Americans up there leading the leagues in stats. Uh, Mitri Young, he's up there. We've got some other U.S. players playing there. So if you want to keep an ear on watching the Australian baseball league, like I said before, you can watch them on the YouTube. ABL has their own website. I don't know if you got to pay for that. Because um, the time restraints anymore with work schedules changing for me, I watch the highlights on on YouTube. Um, I do try to put it, if I see a game up on Facebook, I'll put it up on our page. You can always watch it there, too. Uh, they have it on their Facebook page. 
the NHL. Uh, yeah, I know. We're going to talk hockey. You don't hear that very often here. Uh, the 2021 season will be the 104th season of operation, 103rd of play uh, for the National Hockey League due to COVID-19 pandemic. The regular season has been reduced to 56 games this year. Tentatively scheduled, it will be held from January 13th through May 8th. Due to COVID-19, crossing border travel restrictions improved, improved, implemented by the, the Canadian government won't allow travel. So they had to redo the leagues. So like the Minnesota Wild have to play in the Western Division. So a lot of late night games for us because all the Canadian teams are in the North Division. Doesn't matter if you're on the East Coast or West Coast of Canada, you're in the North Division because we can't travel over the border back and forth. Um, they're saying they're going to change up the playoffs. I don't know if that's going to – they've said the format now. Um, uh, top four teams in each division will qualify for the 2021 playoffs under the season's temporary realignment. First two rounds of the playoffs we played, and then but I don't know how they do it after that when they got to start playing the Canadian team. Everyone's going to go to Canada. If those few teams will come down here and have a home arena down here. How that's going to work, we'll wait and see. Like I said, the Wild will be in the Western Division with the Anaheim Ducks, Arizona Coyotes, the Colorado Avalanche, the Kings, the Wild, San Jose Sharks, St. Louis Blues, and the Vegas Golden Knights. They have also announced that they're going to go back to some uh, retro uniforms. I like retro uniforms. I'm okay with that. Here's Rom's kind of sticker. The Minnesota Wild will feature the current Wild logo with the style and colors of the 78 Minnesota North Stars. That bothers me. The Wild are not the old North Stars. The old North Stars are in Dallas. Those colors aren't our colors anymore. Yeah, they played here, but I don't like it when they mix the Wild and North Star stuff. It's not the same franchises. It's like Lakers. They'll show the old Minneapolis Lakers uniforms to the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves aren't the old Minneapolis Lakers. You look up Minnesota Wild or Minnesota North Star stats, they don't coincide with ours. They're different. I don't like the fact they combine the uniforms like this. I like that's not our franchise. Paul Westfall, former coach of the Phoenix Suns and Hall of Famer, has died today at the age of 70. Westfall was a five-time All-Star and a three-time first-team All-NBA. Uh, former NBA legend, coach, and commentator Paul Westfall is at the age of 70. Uh, the Phoenix Suns confirmed that on Saturday. The news was intentionally shared. Longtime sports writer and family friend Mike Lupka of the New York Papers. Westfall was diagnosed with brain cancer back in August. Um, one thing I remember about Paul Westfall, he was a coach for the Phoenix Suns. I led them to the one NBA Finals they had where they lost to the Bulls. Uh, there was one quote he had one time. He was doing an interview on ESPN uh, Sunday conversation thing. And they asked Paul Westfall, they go, what are your three, what three things are most important to you in life? Now, remember, he's a basketball coach. He goes, my relationship with God, my family, and basketball. Then he pauses for a second. He goes, golf fits in there somewhere. And the guy goes, well, what's your handicap? And he goes, my wife, she don't let me go as much as I want to. And I always thought, you know, there's a guy who's got it, you know. Really, when that's your biggest concern in life is when you can go golfing and get your wife's permission, life's pretty good. Life's pretty good. Um, some news from the NFL today. Uh, Saints COVID-19 outbreak 
New Orleans Saints. Elvin Kamara, Kamara, the guy who scored all his touchdowns against the Vikings a couple weeks ago, tested positive. And that led to the entire room of running backs to be quarantined this week. The entire New Orleans Saints running backs won't be playing this week because of COVID. Um, that's a massive blow for the Saints. We're trying to get back on track uh, and to chase Green Bay for that number one spot over on the playoffs. Um, so with that being said, that's all done. Uh, there was another one. Um, was one here? Uh, well, they play Panthers, so it shouldn't really matter, but we'll see. Also, the Cowboys-Giants game is affected by COVID-19. Um, Giants offensive coach, offensive line coach being replaced because he's got COVID. Cowboy players from the Cowboys have been changed and put to the COVID list. That game has implements on uh, who wins that division in the NFL East. So, uh, still going on. Like we read the blog before, like we've said before, NFL needs to bubble for the playoffs. Here we come down to week 17. Things aren't panning out right. These are teams that need playoff spots. NFL's going to have to ask, but I think they need the bubble for the playoffs. I know in college football, they moved the Rose Bowl to Texas at the last minute. Yes, it's just college football, but you know what? Limited fans, you can move these games around, no problem. Uh, that's all I got for sports. I got a couple concert notes here. Getting that concert, uh, an online concert, January 8th. I uh, get ticket info at No Cap Shows. Also, I got this off the 93 Action website uh, or Seven Dust's website. We have it too. Um, so September, or I'm sorry, for 8th, concert at 8 p.m. So check that out. Um, at First Avenue here in Minnesota, March 6th, Dragon Force. Uh, tentatively, we're playing there. We'll see. But another one, here's one we don't put about too much off on here. I kind of like this guy, so I'll do it. Uh, if you go to his website, he has got tickets for Rick Springfield did a concert on New Year's Eve. Uh, they're replaying that again. You can buy tickets, go to his website for that. Rick Springfield doing a concert then. That's basically, it's a replay from his New Year's Eve one. That, sir, is my sports news for you. Well, I'm going to do a review of the college bowl season this year. And partly because there's not as many bowls this year as in the past. And the other reason is because there's so many things going on with COVID and the pandemic that games are being moved around, games are being canceled, and there's some uh, interesting tidbits uh, on these. So I'll go through... Uh, all the, the, the 30 games. December 21st was the Myrtle Beach Bowl. That must be a new one. Appalachian State beat North Texas, and that took place in South Carolina. December 22nd was the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Nevada beat Tulane. Boca Raton Bowl, BYU over UCF. December 23rd, the R&L Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Georgia Southern beat Louisiana Tech 38-3. Montgomery Bowl, another fan favorite, I'm sure, in Montgomery, Alabama. Memphis beat Florida Atlantic 25-10. The New Mexico Bowl this year was moved to Frisco, Texas, and Hawaii beat Houston 28-14. Then we get... Christmas Day, there was one bowl on Christmas Day, the Camellia Bowl in Montgomery, Alabama. Buffalo beat Marshall 17-10. to 10. December 26th was the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. That was canceled. The Gasparilla Bowl. Now, we get into some of the better ones now. The Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. 
Number 19, Louisiana beat uh, Texas San Antonio 31-24. A big win there for the Ragin' Cajuns in Louisiana. And that was played at the Gerald Ford Stadium in Dallas, Texas. The Lending Tree Bowl, which is always a big one, a favorite of yours, I think. And the uh, Lending yes. Tree Bowl played Mobile, Alabama. Georgia State beat Western Kentucky. But now the Cure Bowl. Cure, C-U-R-E, Cure. The Cure Bowl. Like the band. For, what's that? Like the band, the Cure. The Cure, yes. So they're looking for a cure for Robert cancer. Smith. They, have, they have a new, the Cure Bowl. Now this one's interesting. I don't know if you follow this one, Andy, but uh, the first ever bowl game appearance for Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina was ranked ninth, undefeated coming in. Their coach was just voted the AP Coach of the Year. Kind of came out of nowhere. The Chanticleers of Coastal Carolina went to their first ever bowl game. They went to the Cure Bowl. They faced number 23, Liberty. And they played this in Camping World Stadium in Orlando. This game went to overtime. So Coastal Carolina, the Sun Belt Conference co-champion, went to their first ever bowl game. The Chanticleers get in. Tie game, fourth quarter, time runs out, they go to overtime. College ball, college games, each team gets a possession at the 20, 25-yard line, I believe. Liberty gets the ball, two passes, incomplete, and a rushing attempt for negative one yard. Fourth down, kick a field goal, 40-some yards. They make it. They go up three points in overtime. Coastal Carolina gets the ball. Three passing attempts, all incomplete. They kick a full field goal to tie it to send it into second overtime. It's blocked. Game over. Game over. They lose on a blocked field goal. Point of the story, both teams had a combined negative one yard in the overtime session. Five incomplete passes and one rushing yard. Liberty wins it. Coastal (laughs) Carolina still gets their coach, AP Coach of the Year, for Coastal Carolina. The following day, the Military Bowl, this game was canceled. 29th was the Cheez-It Bowl. Oklahoma State beat Miami 37-34, also at Camping World Stadium in Orlando. A lot of these uh, bigger stadiums get to host multiple bowl games, as we'll see here coming up. The Valero Alamo Bowl takes place, of course, in San Antonio. Number 20, Texas beat Colorado Buffaloes in that one. Now we move on to December 30th, Duke's Mayo Bowl. The Mayo Bowl was Wisconsin victorious over Wake Forest. The celebration in the locker room after the game, they broke the trophy. The Wisconsin Badgers team breaks, shatters the trophy in the locker room at the Mayo Bowl. Just, you know, you can't make it up. You can't make that stuff up. You can't make it up. Now, the Trans-Perfect Music City Bowl... Nashville, Tennessee, that one was canceled. The Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic, Arlington, Texas, at the AT&T Stadium. Uh, That stadium's also used many times. Oklahoma, 55 over Florida, 20 in the Cotton Bowl Classic. December 31st was the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. Mississippi State beat number 24, Tulsa. The Green Wave also got beat. 
Arizona Bowl, obviously in Arizona, takes place in Tucson. Ball State beats San Jose State. The AutoZone Liberty Bowl. West Virginia beat Army. That's in Memphis, Tennessee. The Texas Bowl in Houston, canceled. January 1st, we get to the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. This is Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Atlanta, Georgia. Also, they host multiple games. In this case, Georgia, 24-21 victory over Cincinnati. The VRBO Citrus Bowl, Northwestern, Big Ten team there. Northwestern beat Auburn 35-19, also at Camping World Stadium in Orlando. And then yesterday, semifinal games. Alabama winning 31-14 over Notre Dame in the national semifinal game. And that was at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. The late game was the All-State Sugar Bowl played at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans once again. Ohio State, another Big Ten team, winning 49-28. And so January 11th, Andy, the national title game, Ohio State and Alabama. That should be good. Now, games Alabama today. by 24. What's that? Alabama by 24. They're currently picked by eight, I think, is the early line. Now, today's games, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Kentucky wins 23-21 over North Carolina State. That's in Jacksonville, Florida. The Outback Bowl, Jackson, uh, Tampa, Florida, Raymond James Stadium. Big Ten team, Indiana got beat by Ole Miss 26-20. And right now, the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl is going on right now with Iowa State, number 10 ranked, leading 31-17 in the third quarter over the Oregon Ducks, that's in the Fiesta Bowl in Glendale, Arizona. Tonight's late game is the Capital One Orange Bowl, Hard Rock Stadium, Miami Gardens, Florida, Texas A&M taking on North Carolina. And so the stadium there for tonight's late game, if you watch that on Saturday night, same location as the national championship game, January 11th, Hard Rock Stadium. And that game is 7 p.m. on ESPN. That's it. That's the 30 bowls. A lot of strange, interesting notes, but it's always good this time of year. Uh, the big game, once again. You, you, did, you did miss one of them. January 11th, one bowl title game. game. Which one? The, the Sports and Songs Bowl. It was supposed to be Little Sister Mary School of the Blind against Troop 1439. But oh, we yes. had to postpone that game as well. That was canceled in my backyard. or postponed? We had to cancel that one too, yes. Yes, so... So that was interesting this time of the year. Trophy made that, and everything. We'll wait. That's all I've got for sports, Andy. Uh, do you have anything else, or should we get into the trivia question answer? Well, let's do the answer. The answer, wild card's been around for 50 years in the NFL. Only one year they didn't have a wild card team. That was 1982. Strike-shortened season in 82. Eight teams from each division, each conference, I should say, made the – playoffs or the postseason and they were just simply ranked one through eight there was no division champions there was no wild card they just played single elimination tournament and that was it 1982 is the answer for no wild card team in the 50 straight years of wild card teams in the nfl all right this week um like i said we don't do birthdays much anymore anymore now it's kind of the event of the week or uh, a person, we're going to pick one person on a birthday or an event. Um, 
some of that. Like we covered the Army Navy game a couple of years weeks ago. We've done celebrities, athletes. This week's is an event. Uh, Rick Allen, the God of Thunder, his car crash, the drummer from Def Leppard. On the afternoon of the 31st of December, 1984, Allen was involved in a car crash with his then girlfriend, Myram Bernstein, on the A57 road in the countryside, a few miles west of Sheffield. While driving, while trying to pass another car at high speed, he lost control of his Corvette C4, which hit a dry stone wall and entered into a field. He was thrown from the car, but because of his safety belt, had been improperly fastened, causing his left arm to be severed. Right here at the shoulder, it was severed. Um, they say well, he was driving with his left arm. This is England. They drive on the other side. So because he had it on wrong, I don't know how he had it on, but it was on the other side. took it off. Reportedly, the woman who lived nearby responded to the scene to assist the victim. When asked by Alan, do you know who I am? The woman said she didn't recognize Alan and wasn't familiar with Def Leppard. The woman packed their severed arm in ice to provide to first responders. His girlfriend suffered head, neck, and spine injuries from a severe whiplash. Doctors initially reattached Alan's arm, but because of an infection, it had to be reamputated. His right shoulder was also severed, was severely broken in the crash. Despite losing his arm, Alan soon decided to continue playing drums with Def Leppard. Amputeed a special designed electric drum kit. The band took a hiatus from onstage performance until August 16th, 1986. So a year and a half later, when Alan was able to return to drumming at the Monsters of Rock Festival in Dunnington. So it's like he went back to Joe's Bar and Grill to play again. But this was Monsters of Rock Festival, which if you're not familiar with that, it's a big festival in England. Multiple bands come there. They all play half dozen songs. It's kind of like an all-star game of heavy metal bands sitting there. And that's your first on-stage performance back. Is it Monsters of Rock? Just incredible. He has since readapted uh, his acoustic drum kits depending on the seating setting. So he's got his own set. He uses both feet to play. Um, if you ever watch a documentary on the way he does it, it's just mind-blowing. Uh, two men sat in Romero waiting to make the left turn on the A57 road in Sheffield when the accident happened. When they then saw a shiny black 1984 Corvette Stingray zip by in the main road, they didn't see who was actually at this wheel, but they were certain that the guy had some kind of was being some kind of jerk. Burning rubber like it was on some fancy American sports car that would never cost any decent working class Englishman over a year's wages. Whenever Mr. Corvette was, he deserved a good scare. Rick Allen had no idea there was any other cars behind his new Corvette until the Romero came roaring up past him on the bridge. Rick had been out of the out of pleasant afternoon spin with his girlfriend, enjoying the lush green meadows of the English countryside in Sheffield. So they were just out tooling around, someone passed them. So he wasn't the hot rod in the case. Um go by. The Romero often brought them out of the ravine fast. Once the Romero passed them, instead of letting the Stingray just eat the exhaust, the driver slowed up. Rick's temper 
<laughs> temper started to get the better of him. I can understand. Um, he was out for a pleasure cruise, not a game of chicken. Rick tried to pass the other car a couple of times with no luck. Then, when out of almost four miles, Rick found an opening and pulled up alongside. For a brief moment, Rick was window to window with the other two punks, evil grins glowing and twisted up at that moment, growing in a twisted upward curves in their faces as they dangerously engaged the Corvette, practically trying to push Rick and his girlfriend right off the road. So the car was kind of forcing them off as they're window to window, kind of pushing them off. Kind of like in a James Bond movie, you see him kind of weeing the guy off the road there. Uh, Rick was really mad now. Uh, he hit the accelerator of the Corvette and took off at Indy 500 velocity. But when the sudden rush of speed and the disadvantage of driving an American left-handed drive vehicle on English road, Rick didn't see a left-handed curve coming. So he was on the, an American car, but they drive on the other side of the road. So that had to be a little different to do. Especially when you're used to driving on their side, you this and that. Now you're speeding, you're upset. The, the stars and moons were lined for accident to happen here. Um, his girlfriend was trapped in the passenger seat, Rick thrown free from the car. So that's how the seatbelt severed his arm. He flew out of the car and the seatbelt stayed there. His body still ejected from the car. That's how the seatbelt severed him. Um, so just to picture that is just gruesome. I mean, you think, oh, his body must have shook forward. No, it shook and it severed the arm right there. Um, there's been some reports later that uh, when he was first trying to get back to it, the band waited a few days before they went to go see him in the hospital. And when they were first and saw him, he had two pillows set up where his feet were at the end of the bed. And he's hitting, he goes, guys, I could still play the drums. I'll use my feet. And they all looked at each other like, the poor boy's on drugs. He doesn't know. He's still medicated. He's not thinking right. They didn't, they didn't encourage it. They, they, I mean, they did by going, yeah, Rick, sure. I mean, they didn't, hey, great idea. This figured it was still the medication or something. But Rick Allen was just determined to come back. I mean, like I said, you hear the old things. Rick, uh, they, they still introduce him as the God of Thunder. He's still a very incredible drummer, very talented man. But at the time, um, I don't have the number there. He was only in his very early 20s. He started music at, at 14 in bands and stuff. Still a very young man, so he still had the drive to want to do this. It wasn't like the end of his career. They'd done the one album. They were, they were it. They were the thing, you know. Then this crash happened. Um, I think he's come back beautifully from it. Um, you know, he, you know, he was, yeah, he was 21. He was born November 1st, 1963. So he was 21 when it happened. Uh, when I was 21, I, I don't know what I'd do if I lost my arm, lost my career. You know, I think I'd be kind of driven to want to come back at it too. I think the fact that it had the best album of the year at the time, they were the band up and coming. You want to keep going. If it would have been a so-so album, he probably would have, who knows what would happen. But because he was in a successful band, successful things. Uh, Blossom, he went forward and moved on. Um, he's still drumming today. He has no, he hasn't tried to hide his arm. He, it is what it is when he walks. They don't try to always stand in front of him covering his one arm. You know, it, it is what it is. Um, if you ever get, like I said, you get a chance to watch his old YouTube videos and stuff now, if you listen, you can't tell the difference. Listen to the photograph when it first came out and listen to him play it today. 
you won't tell the difference. Um, he's that good a musician, that good a talent. Um, that's my uh, this week in history. Uh, I guess I don't know if I'll call it a person of the week or event of the week. It was kind of, I call it the event of the week. So it was crash really. But uh, Rick Allen's crash history of the week moment. I got. What do you have for your album of the week, sir? I remember that well. Uh, that was all over the news. Um, album of the week this week is Dio, The Last in Line. Now, this was 1984 as well. So we've got some crossover here in that, in, in some of the information uh, relating to this. So Last in Line album was the second studio album by the American heavy metal band Dio. And I'm going to bring this up here. Let's see, share the screen, see if you can see this. Is it there? Yep. Okay. Yep, I see it. All right, so one of the best album covers of all time uh, is, uh, this was released July 2nd, 1984. It was the first Dio album to feature Rough Cut keyboardist Claude Schnell from Rough Cut. It became the, high, the band's highest charting album in both the UK and the US. Now, this was recorded at Caribou Ranch in Colorado. Uh, and looking into this, I didn't know what this was, but really just 10 miles west of the city of Boulder, Colorado, in the Rocky Mountains is an old ghost town called Caribou. And an individual had a farm out there, converted it into a studio. And if you ever heard of the Elton John album, Caribou Ranch, it's named after that. A lot of people recorded out there in Caribou Ranch in Colorado. So that's what this one was recorded. It's a heavy metal genre. The length is 41 minutes for uh, seven, seven seconds. Here's a track listing. All lyrics written by Ronnie James Dio, of course, the late and great Ronnie James Dio. He died in 2010. First song, We Rock. Second song, The Last in Line. Third, Breathless. Four, I Speed at Night. Five, One Night in the city. Song six, Evil Eyes. Song seven, Mystery. Song eight, Eat Your Heart Out. Song nine, Egypt. In parentheses, the chains are on. So that is the cover there. As we saw, see with the band, they always feature Murray, the cartoon. Basically, the image Murray is featured in all these uh, Dio albums, and that's a character in the background. Uh, in, in 2005, The Last in Line was ranked number 372 out of the Rock Hard Magazine's book of the top 500 greatest rock and roll albums of all time, rock and, rock and metal albums of all time. Now, the release of the songs here, in July of 1984, they released the song first, Mystery, with the, with the other side, B-side, I Speed at Night. We Rock was released July 1st, only a couple weeks later uh, in 1984. We Rock. And then in 1984, in Europe only, they released the, the Last in Line single. Never released it actually in the U.S., only in Europe. The band... You'll like, this, you'll like this one here. A lot of good information, Andy. Ronnie James Lee, Dio does the lead vocals. In fact, his guitarist at one point 
Vivian Campbell, who was a youngster at the time, asks if he could sing some background vocals. Ronnie James says, no, you don't. Guitarists play guitar, you don't sing, ever. Uh, so Vivian Campbell uh, just played uh, three albums with, uh, with, with Dio as a youngster, just came out of nowhere, really good lead guitarist, went on to play in Whitesnake and, and Def Leppard. So it ties in with your Def Leppard story here yep. today. So Vivian Candle, Campbell, very good lead guitarist, but he was a youngster, essentially a, a rookie guy, because the rest of the band were all veterans in, in Dio. Jimmy Bain played the bass, Claude Chanel, keyboards. He came from that band, uh, The Rough Cut, and then the drummer was Vinny Apice or Apache. Not sure, sure how Apache, you say it. Apache, I think it is. But it's Apache. So Vinny played drums. These guys came over from, you know, with Jimmy Bain from, from Black Sabbath. And uh, Vinny Apache's older brother is Carmine. Carmine, both very good drummers in rock bands. Produced. The entire album was produced by Ronnie James Dio also. So not only did he sing and put it together in the studio, he produced the entire thing, all the tracks, all the lyrics are done by him. And it was their second album. The first album was Holy Diver, which we already reviewed, I think, on the first or second episode uh, of Sports and Songs. Mm -hmm. And then they followed that up with 1985 Sacred Heart, which was average. But these first two, Holy Diver, Last in line, if you get a chance, please get them, listen to them. Very good guitar work by Vivian Campbell on this. Uh, the drumming is unbelievable. And, of course, Ronnie James Dio with the vocals. Uh, good stuff. That's all I've got for the album review of the week for Sports and Songs. All right. Uh, back, like I said, this week we're back with our regular format. I had a couple weeks off, did things a little differently. Um, if you like the different things like that, let us know. We can always do something like that every now and then on Instagram. If things come up, we could pop up different things like that. I know we did it for a while. We kind of got away from it in the summer there. Uh, maybe we'll get back to stuff like that on Instagram every now and then, little uh, special stories here and there like that. Remember also to leave comments or suggestions or uh, requests, comment section of the Facebook page as well. But that's all we've got for today's episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. All right. All right, we'll see you next week. Yeah.